At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to the financial podcast, Future Rich. I am Barbara Ginty, your host and also a CFP, which is a certified financial planner. And I am here with my guest today, Ophelia. Hi, Ophelia. Hey, Barbara. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. Well, so our guests know you sent me a very detailed overview of your financial situation yesterday. So I already have everything in front of me. But why don't you tell our listeners how old you are, your status? married, kids, all that, and where you're located? So I am, I think I'm 37 or 38, <laughs> <So> <laughs> um, married for uh, 14 years, and I have two kids, a five-and-a-half-year-old and a, a four-year-old, um, and my husband and I and our kids, we live in North Carolina. Very nice. Yeah. So do you want, what's the biggest concern? I have my biggest concern, but what is your biggest concern? Our, I guess our debt and justice organization, I know our, you know, papers, everything seemed organized when I sent it over, but it's pretty much the first time I've, I've personally ever done all that, um, to look at our financials and to see where, where we're at. Um, you know, student debt is a big concern for me, um, and then, yeah, the new like business starting up and everything. I just feeling disorganized. And <laughs> well, you have everything. You have everything very organized. And it, I think it can be eye opening when you have to put everything like pen to paper and put it all together or an Excel sheet, really, mm-hmm. um, and see everything. Um, so that the listeners know, your husband is a dentist. Yes. And so he went to medical school, and um, and you also went to. Um, college as well, right? And that's what your college, you because you have college student loans. Yeah, um, I got my master's in occupational therapy. Oh wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. And but then for right now, you're running um, an art business. Is that correct? I am. And then your husband, I'm just filling in all the the listeners. Um, the your husband is switching from a private practice to opening his own practice. 
So yeah, he works as an associate um, and he is just a few weeks out from, yes, starting his own, opening his own private practice. Um, and we'll be there kind of both doing part-time until the practice itself builds up, his own practice builds up and gets busy and has enough patience for full-time work. Perfect. And then, so the, so, and then when we were talking about, because your situation is a little bit more complicated than some of the other pods that we've done, your husband's income is variable because he gets paid a commission on the work that he does. Yes. Okay. Um, and then your art business has brought in some income, but not really enough to support the household. No, it's just kind of our extra. A little extra income. Yeah. And you have over $500,000 between you and your husband for um, student loan debt. Correct. And then you just took out a $500,000 business loan. Correct. Oh, so we have over a million dollars of debt. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I was like so stressed out last night when I got that. I was like, oh my gosh, how does it feel? Because you just took out the business loan, right? Yeah. So yeah, it'll all go through like the day the practice opens, basically everyone um, that has been, you know, the construction, all that everyone gets paid the loan kind of closes then. And that's when the, the payments officially will begin on. Okay, so the the payments for the the five hundred thousand dollar loan have not begun yet. Oh no, not until the practice gets going. Okay, and then I have some questions about the practice, um, but let's talk about your household budget. So you gave me a spreadsheet, um, and we went through all of your spending, and it looks like your average monthly spending is seventeen thousand six hundred. Yeah. <laughs> Are you laughing? I am. <laughs> um. So that's it's quite high, um, and but majority of it, a lot of it is you have student, you have the student loan payments, mm-hmm. right? So just one of those payments, the listener knows, is almost twelve hundred dollars to the Department of Ed loan, and then someone went to school in uh, New York State, huh? Yeah, been- um, yeah, my husband did. Your husband did, okay, because you have a SUNY loan. Because I work with the SUNY system, that's where our classes are through. Um, and then when I was looking through. Obviously, cell phones are expensive, but then another big part of the budget is rent and preschool. Yes. Yep. And then how much longer for preschool? We have one more year of that. Okay. So that, because that will alleviate $660 in your budget. And then a lot for, which makes sense because your husband, what type of dentist is he? Just a general dentist. General dentist. Um, So he has really high disability insurance, but it's necessary for after spending time to go to medical school, it's important to have disability. So you're just, the disability um, is almost 500 a month. Uh And then you have term insurance, which is great. I love to see that you have term, but I have a question. One of your term policies is expiring in 2021. And then another, you have another one for 2 million. Are they both on your husband? Yes, they are. Is there any term on you? No. Okay, not to add something into your budget because we're going to figure out how to cut from your budget. Um, but term insurance is important on you because if God forbid something happened to you, your husband, it sounds like maybe you do more of the child care. Yes, yeah. Yeah, so if something happened to you, your husband would need to hire somebody mm-hmm. to care for the kids if he's going to be running a business. Very true. Yeah, so just something to think about um, from like a, a planning perspective. You could always get um, like 10 years and the kids are at least in high school. If God forbid something happened to you, he'd have a little extra money. It doesn't need to be $2 million like your husband, but 
something to cover your student loans and then something for child care. So if God forbid something happened to you, there would be money for that. Okay. To pay off your loans and, and pay for some child care. So we have to talk about this budget. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> I'm trying. Okay. So the other thing I noticed, which I haven't seen in many people's budget, which is very, um, it's nice to see, but you do a lot of charitable donations. We do. Yes. That's um, a large part of kind of our, I mean, just personal mission and even through his business, there'll be a lot of giving. Um, it's just very important to us. Yep. And so that is 750 a month. Yes. So what, so, okay. So I want you to kind of talk me through, so with the business, we have an overview of what the business is going to cost. So your husband is going to go down to two days a week, um, working at his current job and then three days at the own practice until that gets up and running. And are you going to be the office manager over there or did you hire someone? Um, we are, we would like to hire somebody, um, trying to search for somebody to hire, um, and in the beginning, at this point, I'm going to be helping with that. Um, unless he, yeah, unless he finds somebody and I'll still be helping out in the office with other responsibilities. Okay. Yeah. Cause then you, cause the, when we went over, when I looked over your business expenses, so besides your household budget of your household needs 17,000, I think we said 600, I don't have everything in front, 17,600 to run. That the business overhead was estimated at fourteen thousand three hundred. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, and that's including the lower payment on the the loan. So it looks like you have a some sort of adjustable loan because it goes up. Um, it doubles essentially. Yes. By like three thousand dollars, so a little after, bit after one year, it goes up. So more than doubles after one year. Um, and so when I was looking through the practice overhead, I didn't see salaries and salaries can be pretty expensive because you then also have to do payroll. Yes, you're right. And so then you're paying for, f- for the FICA taxes, workman's comp, unemployment, right? So if you pay someone, let's just say a salary of 30, the business actually needs like 35 or 37. I forget what the exact number is, but you need more than what you offer the employee to cover their payroll. Yeah, he was saying that there's um, a budget of six thousand a month for initially for the salaries. Okay, for all salaries. Yeah, and initially starting out, there's going to be one assistant and basically one other, either office manager or front office um, that are getting paid besides my husband. Yeah, and your husband gets paid last. Yes, because as the bis- as the business owner, um, just so our lovely listeners. <laughs> As a business owner, everybody gets paid first. You pay your lease. You're going to pay your loan. You're going to pay for Henry Shine uh, is specific for dentist practices, right? It's all the equipment. Correct. Yep. Yep. Um, you're going to pay for phones, internet publishing, all of those things. And then usually one of the biggest costs as well as payrolls for paying for your staff. Because if you offer them a rate of 30,000 a year, it doesn't actually cost the business 30,000 a year. It costs more than that to cover all of the different insurances you need. I also didn't see insurance in the practice overhead because you need general liability. Um, we do have that. You do have that. Okay, good. Um, and your, your husband will probably need some specific, specific type of insurance practicing as his own dentist. I don't know what, 
like for our industry, it's errors and omissions. So if, if God forbid something happened, he has a, a separate insurance policy for you in practice. Malpractice insurance. And- Malpractice. Okay. And you have that quote as well, that price? About 12 grand a year. Okay. So another $1,000 a month for the oh, malpractice. I'm sorry. It was 1200 a year. 1200 a year for malpractice. Okay. So $100 a month. That's not bad. So, so what's the plan? <laughs> I'm worried about the overhead and the budget and the family household budget because it's a, it's a big monthly number to hit. It is. Um, well, our general plan is just to <laughs> spend less. I don't know how. Um, I mean, like the biggest thing that comes to us like in doing this was obviously like restaurants going out. Okay. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, you absolutely know. Yeah, obviously something that can be cut um, significantly. But um, there's a couple, you know, a couple loans that we're paying above the minimum. And so we didn't know, like, if it's worth it for the time being to just cut back and, you know, pay the minimum of some of those school loans to free up some. Yeah, because you're going to have to, you're going to have to be making to, for the business and the household bringing in, you know, the business, the nice part about the business is you get to pay a lot of those expenses pre-tax. So that, you know, roughly 14, 15,000 is pre-tax, but the household budget of 17,600 has to come in post-tax, right? That's what you need net. So you're going to need to make more than 17,000 to cover a $17,000 household budget. So let's see about what you would need to make for that a month to cover that. I mean, you probably make somewhere around, need to gross around 25000 to net what you need for the household budget. Mm-hmm. Plus then the business needs to bring in 15000 just to break even. So I, so I think that we need to go through, and I look through it already, and you don't have a lot of wiggle room, but I think you need to cut out everything that is not essential for living. Okay. Everything. Like, I think that you need to go back to living like we lived in college. Okay. Because my concern is starting a business is really hard and sometimes takes a little bit longer of a runway to get it off the ground. Mm -hmm. And you don't have enough wiggle room with your savings to float your household budget for more than two months. Okay. Um, Right. Cause you have with all your savings, you have about 47, right. Between your Edward Jones and your regular savings. Yes. Yep. So that will get you through you know, just over two months for your household, mm-hmm. the existing budget. So I would cut out everything that's not essential and focus everything on getting the the business up and running. Because once the business is up and running, I agree that owning your own business gives you a lot more control and will give your husband a lot more control over his income and long-term can be very, very good. But it is usually a little rough starting a business. Right. <laughs> Having been there and done it, it can be pretty, pretty dramatic. Just because there's always expenses that come up that you didn't plan for. You're trying, you're going to have to build, your husband's already a a dentist, which is great. And he's going to maintain the two days a week at the other practice. So that'll bring in some income. Yeah. Right. So are you hoping that the two days a week is going to cover all the basic expenses on your budget, household budget? Yes. Okay. So that'll be about 10,000 a month. Um, And he also mentioned that he has with a business loan, He's got mm-hmm. fifty thousand in working capital. Okay, that he can use. Yes. I so what I would like to see is for you as the household to exist on your savings and not be using any 
loans to get by if you can, if you can change your spending habits uh-huh. and survive on his income and what you have in savings. And then that way you're not taking out any more, any more debt so that the business, whatever, it, if it can just break, e- I mean, I think it would be a great goal if the business can break even, right? And pay for itself initially, and that you can live off of savings and what your husband's bringing in on two days a week. Okay. And then transition to getting the business to pay your husband a salary where he can eventually switch over to that full time and that will compensate him as it did with the prior company, right? Uh-huh. But now but now you own a business. But then then from there, I, I here's what I think. I think that this will be a good experiment about how with budgeting and how you can live on learn to live on less. Because then once the other business gets up and running, I think you you could continue to have a very tight budget and start paying off debt. Mm-hmm. Because if you want to buy a home, they're going to look at your outstanding debt. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I do think it's all doable. I just think you're going to be, have to be very, very, very disciplined and really look at like every dollar that you spend. Yeah. I think that's where <laughs> we just, we're very bad at doing that and just haven't, I don't know. We just kind of, I guess every time the income goes up over the years, they're just come oh, like somehow we're living within this little, all of a sudden higher income and, you know, not accruing more debt. We're not living off credit cards, but we're not managing anything very well. Yeah, no. And that's really common. It's really common because when you're going to work every day and working hard and you get a raise, it's like, oh, well, I earned this. I've been busting my butt to get it, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you want to, the normal natural thing is to spend it, but and I also think the hard part about coming out for with, because I see it very often with doctors, is that you just have, they have so much student loan debt yeah, and yeah. they work so hard to get to where they are. And they, you know, they did not have a nice, nice lifestyle or really any lifestyle in residency mm-hmm. that when they get out and they start making money, they start spending it. Yeah. <laughs> Because I mean, they earned it, right? I don't disagree. But the hard part is it comes the dentist or doctor, you know, whether it's a medical, you know, uh-huh. uh, primary care or, or dentist, um, is that it comes with a tremendous amount of debt. Yes, it does. <laughs> student loans. Um, and you've never refinanced any of the student loans, it doesn't look like, right? Mine, my private one we did, I was with um, Citibank, which was supposed to discover. So the one that's just the Mohella. Okay, is re- was refinanced. Yeah, for a lower rate. Lower. Okay, because that is another option. I have had a doctor that I worked with before refinance his loans to get a lower rate. Mm-hmm. And then they got a mortgage at the same time. So they basically had 30 years on the student loans and 30 years on the mortgage. Okay. So they were just kind of running concurrently. But I, but what I would say is, and you, I'm just looking through your budget to figure out what we can, how we can really, you can, cause you obviously cannot cut out. We can't, we cannot cut out student loans. Yeah. I mean, the like the things that aren't listed, you know, the rest of the random money that gets spent on everything, that's where we can make the significant cuts. Um, I know. Yeah. Like I was looking at kid activities, like there's certain things that, I mean, for su- summertime, I, we don't need to do gymnastics and that saves 150 a month. Um, there's definitely things that, I mean, at 140 a month, we get a, what's it called a CSA box with vegetables, like Oh yeah, I was gonna ask you what that was because I didn't know what that was. say yeah, it's like a delivery where you know local farm delivers vegetables. Oh, that's nice. Vegetables and so, but 
Yeah, so what I would do is I would, so most people do their, and I think this is also common, most people, the money comes in, right? And at the end of the month, then you kind of see how you spent your money. If you look at the end of the month or whatever's left over is what goes to savings or extra debt payments, right? Yes. So, so that's, and that's how um, I would say nine out of 10 people do things, right? The money comes in, they spend it. And at the end of the month, okay, like I have a hundred bucks left over or 500, whatever it is. And then that's what I have for savings. So you have to run your household, like you're going to run a business, which is, so it's going to be great, right? Cause you're going to be running a business in like T minus three weeks or something. Yeah. Um, so when you're running a business, you have to sit down and say this, these are, you have to do forward. It has to be forward planning, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to do the same thing with your household. You say, okay, we're going to have 10,000 coming in. And then let's say you have 2,000 coming in from your income. So that's 12,000 we have coming in. Plus we have the 47,000 in savings. So I can, you know, I'll take 2,000 out of savings. So we have to live on $14,000 this month. How am I going to do that? So then from there you say, okay, I have to pay rent, right? We have to pay for childcare. We have to pay for utilities. We have to pay the car payment. We have to pay for our insurance. We have to pay our student loans. And then go through and pay everything that you have to pay, right, to exist. Okay. Once you get done existing, right, then figure out what's your budget for food. How much do you have left over for groceries? Okay. And then see if you can work work that way. And then it's the same way you're going to run the business, right? But you don't know what's going to come in initially, but you're going to have to set a target for what you're going to try to achieve for the business, given what the expenses are going to be for the business. And I would always give yourself a budget of a little bit higher. So with the business, if you think it's 14,000, then I would build in 15, right? Mm-hmm. Cause little things will always come up. Like you might have to FedEx something, right. Or you might have to buy something for the office that you didn't think about, or, you know, I didn't see like printing or any of those signage or is that included? Like those little things can add up. That could be like a hundred bucks or $200, right? So build yourself some wiggle room and then that will be a forward thinking budget as well. So then you know that your husband has to target to do ideally, and I don't know how the billing with insurance works, but I would imagine it's not immediate, right? Right. It takes about two to two to three months to get um, the insurance to start paying. So then the so then how will the expenses be covered for the first, let's say, three months until insurance starts paying for the work that's been done? Um, that working capital that is part of the loan. Okay, and the working capital is eight thousand. Fifty thousand. Oh, it's, I'm sorry. I thought you said it. So it's fifty thousand. Okay, so then that gives you a runway. Um, about three months. Yeah, you have about three months, and that's exactly how long it should take for the insurance billing. Perfect. Okay, so I would run your household just like the business. Okay. You're going to have twelve thousand coming in. You know, with working capital you can basically do 15,000 a month, right? And then allocate, but you but you have to, and this is going to be a hard habit, just like any other habit you form in life. If you're not used to doing it, it's going to seem really onerous and stressful, but it will be a very good exercise to do it because it will also help the business. Yeah. I Yes. We, yeah, we know that's going to be hard, but I think like looking at this, like I was saying, it's, if, I feel like this is the time I really need to get in to, you know, take control of this because once the business starts making more money, yes, we don't want to just to see it just go to waste again. And at the end of the year go, Oh, our savings grew by, you know, a couple thousand, like what? 
No, and and to be honest, what I see with so this is why this is this is going to be a very big change in both of your in your entire family's life. Like this is going to be a very dramatic change, which is fine. And sometimes they say, and I 100% agree with this: you grow the most when you're uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Being uncomfortable is not fun, but it's really where you have the most personal growth. No, you don't grow from being successful, right? Right. You don't, you don't change at all from being like, oh, you're great at that. You change the most when it's not fun and when it's uncomfortable and when it's hard. That is when your life really changes. So this is going to be great. It's just going to be a little hard in getting there. Yeah. It's going to be challenging, but there's nothing wrong with the challenge. And I definitely think you can do the challenge. <laughs> but it, and it's good that you're doing it now because if you recognize that we need to make changes in, in budgeting and manage control, you will then be so much more successful in business because I see a lot of people that are in business that at the end of owning a business for 10 years have nothing to show for and they work their tail off. Yeah, we don't want that. You don't want that. So what you want to do is do this forward planning budgeting where you control where all the money goes and you're a hawk and you watch everything because then as the business becomes more successful and more money comes in, you're going to be more prudent about where you allocate it, right? Uh-huh. Maybe you go longer without extra help in the office, and that means you work night and weekends as a family mm-hmm. to get things done because you don't want to hire that next person because of the cost for payroll and insurance and all the benefits, right? Mm-hmm. And then that way you can put more money into your own retirement and paying off your debt because that's going to be better for your family. Mm-hmm. Because as a business owner, now you're 100% responsible for your retirement. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fine. You can be, I mean, owning your own company because I own my own business and my father owned his own business. It was definitely hard. Like when I first took over my family's business, just to give you an idea, I rented out my bedroom and I slept on the couch. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, actually we, we have- like, it was not fun to be in your like late twenties and be like, Oh no, I can't have anybody over because I rented my bedroom and I actually sleep on the couch with a suitcase next to it. Cause I can't get my clothes when the door is <laughs> But it, I mean, it, you basically are living your life like most people wouldn't for a short period of time. And then you get this huge reward. Yes. And I, I give you another example. I would go out to dinner with friends and I would sit and have water, which was, that was actually worse than renting out my apartment. Because um, <laughs> it was like pure torture. Because I was like, I know if I touch the red basket, then I'm going to have to chip in and I can't afford to chip in. So I just have to sit here and drink this water and pretend like I'm enjoying this. <laughs> And it wasn't fun, but that, you know, that's what I had to do for the business. Yeah. It wasn't fun at all. Like, but when you get to the other side of it, that discipline has made me more successful in my business than if I hadn't had to go through that. Right. Like if everything had just been really easy from the get go and money had come in and I didn't have to worry about it, you don't learn that skill set, And then you're also always very nervous to ever go back there. Right. I never want to go back there ever. Agreed. Yeah. I I know if I ever end up in that position where I have no money again, I know I can survive. Like I took on, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't take on a waitressing job this time because my attitude that was always my fallback is if I needed money, I picked up a second job. But my attitude was if I just spent nights and weekends hustling, my business would be more successful than me waitressing. Mm-hmm. So then, what I had to do, the only choice then was to work nights and weekends on my business and then sacrifice every you know every other thing in my life. Yeah, it's going to be a mind shift for sure. (laughs) Yeah, it's a mind shift. And you'll, but I honestly think I wouldn't trade it for the world. Yeah. You learn a lot about yourself and how resilient you can be. And then when, when you get to the next point where the business is making money and covering the cost that you needed to, it's the most 
rewarding experience because of all the sacrifice that you'll go through. Yeah, I can. I mean, I, just thinking about it, like the, the freedom, I know there'll be a freedom that'll come with being more in control of managing our money and not feeling, you know, I don't feel like we're slaves to it, but just like, oh, our money's sort of controlling us. And <laughs> Yeah, so we need to switch it, but to switch it is going to be is going to be traumatic. It's going to be a big change, a big life change. It's almost like like anything else. You just have to rip the bandaid off. Yeah. But this is the time to do it. This is your opportunity. Oh man. Okay. Are you ready? Are you ready to make this change? Yes. Okay. We've reached. We've you know. Yeah. Talked about it long enough that this is. I mean, this is. He's been wanting to do this for so long to have his own business again, and that. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to get to a point where we're like crawling back to our parents, moving back across the country because we can't afford to live where we live. And so. No. And, and, and so that's your worst case scenario, right? That this doesn't work. Yeah. You don't, you don't have a choice. You have to make this work. Yep. But that's better. Having a safety net isn't, isn't always a good thing. This is, this is going to be your make it or break it, right? Mm-hmm. You're basically putting everything on the line for this business. Yeah. And you can absolutely do it. It's just going to take some, it's going to take some pretty drastic budgeting changes and being very, very diligent about what's coming in and what's going out and is what's going out serving the purpose and putting your head down and getting this business off the ground. And then it will work. And then you'll be in a much better position long time financially because you'll have a hundred percent control over your financial future. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I'm now like my brain is going to okay, say six months from now, we're getting we made this, we survived the ripping of the band-aid, we're learning to live on a new, you know, manageable budget. Where do we go after that? Like then how do we what do we tackle? How do we tackle things? You know, like we don't have retirement to do we go back to paying off trying to pay the highest amount on our student loans to get rid of that? Like so then, so then from there, so I think live, learning to live on a lower budget is going to be crucial because then as the money starts to come in from the new dental practice, uh-huh. I would do a combination of that. You would want to be tackling student loans, but you also are going to have to start saving for retirement because you want to start getting the time effect on, on your side, right? So we don't want to, because the student loans are a large amount, we don't want to only do the student loans because I don't want to not have you saving for retirement you know, until you're, let's say 40s, I want you to start retirement as soon as the business is off the ground. Okay. It's also will be a tax break as well, which will be helpful. Now, I don't know if this is the case, but I thought at Henry Shine, the company would also do something with your student loans. Is that not the case anymore? No, they don't. They don't. I thought they would like wrap it all into one if you opened a practice that they would help with the loans as well as the materials. So what I would do is what first, the the first thing is going to be this dramatic budget change, right? Right. Just learning. So starting to try and live on a budget, household budget of 12,000 and then, and being, and then being really diligent about the, I would run the business budget, just like I would run the household budget. Like if you don't have to pay for it, do not pay for it. Okay. If that means that you and your husband work on Sundays and you bring the kids in, then work on Sundays and bring the kids in or Saturdays. Mm Mm-hmm. Then that way, you know, my dad had a business and we went in and cleaned the office on the weekend. That was what we did. Could he have paid for a cleaner? Maybe, but it wasn't the best decision, right? And so if you don't have to pay for it and it's something you can do yourself on a night or a weekend, then you you should do it yourself and run it really strict like that. Because then you want to be able to save up 
you know, the working capital is part of a loan. You want to be able to have your own working capital, right? That's not a debt to somebody. Yes. And then from there, once the business is secure and you have some extra money for the business, right? Then you want to, I think, do a combination of paying down your student loan debt while also saving for retirement. Okay. Does this feel overwhelming still, or does this feel like something that you can tackle? Um, <laughs> both. It does feel overwhelming. And I think probably part of it is a bit overwhelming since you just went through and tallied everything up, right? Yeah. Yeah. So this is what I think we, I think that you could end up doing, which I feel like probably doesn't feel like it's possible at this moment, but it, let's say, I think this is where I'm kind of targeting for you and your husband to be, but you, right now you have a million dollars of debt, right? Mm -hmm. So I think the ideal situation was, would be that you guys really make a dramatic change and get this business off the ground and that the business and is worth you know, somewhere around, you know, $500,000 in the next 10 years, right? Or maybe more and is bringing in a really good income so that you flip this in 10 years. Does that make sense? Okay. That you go from a million dollars in debt to a million dollars net worth. Because that's what I think you should strive for. Because I don't know what a practice like this could bring in, but I would imagine it can bring in a good amount of money. Yes. Yeah, I can. It can bring in somewhere around like 250 or more, right? Yes. Yeah. So I think that should be the target because then, and you can sell a dental practice, correct? Yeah. He's saying gross 400. Gross 400. Perfect. And then, and then when you go to sell a dental practice, do they do it by a multiple of in, uh, revenue? That's like 8% of revenue, 80, excuse me, 80% of revenue. You can sell it for 80% yeah. of revenue. Perfect. So that's going to be part of, so this, this business is part of your retirement plan. Cause if you can get it up to 400 and you can get 80% of revenue, that would be fantastic. Plus what it's going to bring in on a yearly basis as well. So let's try, I think our target long-term in the next 10 or 15 years is to try and flip your net worth. Okay. So turn it upside down. So rather than a million dollars in debt, we have a million dollar net worth. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Does that mean that like our student debt is paid off by then and everything? And It might not mean that all your student debt is paid off because that's a lot to get done in 10 years, but it might mean that the business is up and let's say at that point it's grossing $500,000 and you've saved more money for retirement. And then with the value of the business, maybe at that point we've gotten you into a home and you've done a down payment, right? So on the balance sheet. Got it. Yep. You're, you're positive. Yes. Yes. I understand that now. Yeah, because if you have a business grossing five hundred thousand and your husband's able to take home two hundred to fifty of it, right, and it has a saleable value to it. Oh, so he was saying that basically double that the um, the business is making a million, so take home five hundred. Perfect. Yeah. So then this is very doable. So what you need to think about in your head is that if you want to be a millionaire, which is a very viable option, you need to take some dramatic budgeting steps. For the short term. So you have to live your life over the next probably two to three years, like most people don't want to, like exactly how I did, right? Yeah. Living on living on my couch in my apartment and not my bedroom. Um, so you're gonna have to do something dramatic like that, but you will end up becoming a millionaire. Okay. That should be exciting. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you can grow a business that can gross you know, a million dollars, 800,000, a million dollars. I mean, that's fantastic. You'll have no problem reversing this situation. Yeah. Yes. But you're going to have to take steps that most people don't want to take. And most people don't have the discipline to take. I think you can do it. I think so too. I just, yeah. We just have to realize that learn to have fun in some other ways than not going to breweries all the time. <laughs> yeah. 
And I mean, you'll, it'll go faster than you think. Like I would say for the, for me, it took probably three years of really, really hard work for my business to get to where I wanted it to get. And it was, I just spent all my energy really on the business. And it's amazing how much you can go without. It really is. Yeah, I know. I mean, we've been here in North Carolina for three years and time has flown. So I know that three years is not a long time. And no, it's the time is going to pass regardless, right? right? So in three years, you can be in a similar situation or in three years, you could be on your way to being a millionaire. Woohoo! Yeah. So I know our listeners are probably like listening, being like, how is this possible? So let me, so the reason why I'm saying this is because when you own a business, um, you have, and you have the ability to control the income and a dental practice can be very lucrative. So the fact that you could build this business to generate a million dollars in revenue every year will help you and your how your family get to the net worth that I'm targeting, which is you know, get you to a positive balance sheet. Maybe we don't have all the loans paid off yet, but, you know, with your equity in the business, which you guys will own 100% and getting the the balance paid off on the business loan and then saving for retirement, a lot of your net worth will be tied up in the business, but that's fine. On, on, on a balance sheet, you will still be a positive net worth and then we'll continue to save and get the student loans paid off. Yeah. But the key will be having a you're not going to be living like a doc, you know, a doctor, right? You and your husband won't be living that lifestyle. You're going to be living like college people, mm-hmm. <laughs> which having done it, you know, I left Wall Street to buy a business. So like moving down the food chain in terms of income is really, really, really hard. It's very easy to move up the food chain. But once you get it in your head that this is a temporary situation and it's going to provide a much better situation long term for your family, I think that should help too. Yeah, I think so. We moved down the food chain before, but that was pre-kids. And so it's a little easier with two people. Yes, because now you have dependents. Yeah, but it's doable. (laughs) I think you definitely do it. I think you're going to learn a lot, and I think you're going to grow a lot, and I think it's going to be very, very rewarding. Agreed. (sighs) I wish you – I feel like you still don't feel good about that. (laughs) I, like, want you to be as excited as I am. (laughs) I think I I probably will in like a month when I can actually see okay changes and I think you know like looking at our whatever accounts and seeing those changes um and that you know our Amazon purchases decrease maybe and <laughs> just those random like how where where did all that money go I think that's when I will get excited where I can actually see us implementing it and yeah. And I don't know if this will work for you, but for me, I always just took everything like three to six months at a time because it was hard to think like a year of like, I still won't be able to afford this. So I just like always was like, okay, I'm just going to see how the business is doing in three months. And like, how's the business doing in six months? And I kind of tried to take like the big business steps as like smaller steps mm-hmm. just so that, you know, break it down so that it feels manageable. Yes. Yeah. Um, he, he was saying that we've, kind of what I said before, we've tried budgeting before and we've just failed. We haven't been able to find a way, you know, I don't know, to make it work. And I think that's why we feel overwhelmed because we, we don't want to fail again. And so we will make it work. I think I kind of almost feel like maybe this is all meant to be because all the budgeting, because you said you tried the, the envelope thing, like and all the different budgeting strategies, like this one, you don't have a choice. Yeah. Like you have to do this for this to work. Yeah, that is true. That it's not just, yeah, like a made up, well, let's set up this made up budget that we don't necessarily need, but. Yeah, because before it like didn't matter if it worked or not. Mm -hmm. Like this is like, 
you put it all on this afterward. <laughs> this is it. But you know, when you hear about entrepreneurs, if you've ever listened to the podcast How I Built This on NPR when they interview entrepreneurs, almost always the ones that were successful, like that was it. Like that was their shot. Like they had to make it work and they did. Mm-hmm. Like Damon James, his story was his mother mortgaged their house. Hmm. So he like couldn't fail. I mean, he could have, but he didn't want to fail, right? I mean, yeah. that would have been terrible. They lose the house. Yeah. So you can do it. And I would, and what I would do is just surround yourself with positive people who are going to support you throughout this, who aren't going to try and disrupt your budget. So if you have friends that are like, oh, well, don't worry about it. Just one dinner out. No, you do not need those people in your life. It is not just one dinner out. This is your livelihood. This is the rest of your life. That $50 goes a long way. So you need to have a good support system. And I would make sure that you stay positive and listen to, you know, listen to something that will inspire you on this journey because it's going to be hard and there's going to be days that it's harder than other days. But I would make sure that you have the right people around you too. Yeah. Because you don't want people that don't understand it. I cut anybody out of my life who thought that I could just put it on a credit card. (laughs) No, I can't. We don't want to do that. No. Yeah. And you don't want people that are making you feel bad about your choices or not supportive. You don't need, you're not, you don't need any other stress in your life. So if you have, you know, people that are not going to go to the park with you because it's free, then they, they don't, yeah. you, you're going to need a good support system. This is a, this is definitely going to be a challenge. Yeah, we can do it. We can do it. You can definitely do it. I mean, think about how many, I mean, it's the American dream right? Own your own business, control your entire destiny financially and Uh career wise. I mean, your husband went to medical school to be able to have this opportunity, worked for years for this. Like this is, this is the American dream. And I think you can absolutely do it. Well, I'm I'm glad you think we can. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And I'd be happy if you want to reach back out when you, once you get going with the budget, but that's what I would do. I would do it from with what you need to live on and then work your way backwards from there rather than the reverse. Yeah. I like that. I like thinking of that. Um, I think what made budgeting hard is, you know, like, well, how much are you going to spend at the pharmacy and how much will you spend? And I'm like, I don't know. Cause one month I do hair, one month I don't. And now I don't, I just cut my hair. So I don't even dye it anymore. So that's a huge savings. <laughs> yeah. I would be like, yeah, that has to go to <laughs> a long time ago. I'm embracing the gray hairs. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. And it's all temp. You have to remember it's all temporary. Yeah. This is not for the rest of your life. This is a temporary situation. All right. I don't know. You'll, you'll end up, you'll end up learning a lot about yourself. You'll grow so much. It's going to be worth it. A hundred percent worth it. Yes. We were, um, it's fine. We were just actually listening to the podcast yesterday about the loans and the student debt and the principal. And I was just a little over my head with that. And <laughs> But, well, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot to personal finance. Yeah, there is. But I, so your biggest strategy right now, the one thing that you should, you and your husband should focus on, is your budget and getting this business off the ground. Off the ground, you can't. We can't delve too much farther into the strategies because I just want you to make the minimum payments on everything till you get right side up, right until we get the business off the ground. All right. We could even do. We normally do follow ups in a year, but we could even do your follow up in six months because your life is going to be dramatically different in six months. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> so why don't we do a follow up for you, um, maybe in six months at the end of like the end of the year in the fall? We could do that. Does that sound good? Yeah. Okay. Well, hang on the line with me here for a sec. I'm going to wrap it up for our listeners. But thank you for joining. Thank you for having us. Yeah, absolutely. 
And so for our listeners, um, if you would be so kind, leave us some comments on uh, iTunes. Let us know if you like like everything. Rate us. And you can always follow us on Instagram um, at Planancial. And you can check out our classes at www.planancial.com. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 